a dwelling place. Well, that, that word there in Greek literally just means a dwelling place or it could be home. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't necessarily mean an opulent home. It doesn't mean it will be a mansion. Now, knowing the character of God, probably it will be a very <laughs> nice home, right? But the point yeah. isn't, um, you know, I can't wait to live in a giant mansion when I get mm -hmm. to heaven. Um, I think that if you do that, you're just kind of missing the point, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like when, when people get a little too worried about like whether their cat will be in heaven, I'm like, I don't know if your cat will be in heaven. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us again this week. And I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie, is the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And we are in our series, again, Strength and Weakness, as we are looking at Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And uh, we were looking at chapter five, the beginning of chapter five, first 11 verses this week, how the hope of heaven makes us resilient. And as we want to just take some time with this particular uh, podcast, and if you missed any of that, uh, of our sermon on Sunday, uh, whitefieldschurch.com. You can go over there and download it. And of course, it's on YouTube and Facebook and any of your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. And if you would, you know, like, subscribe. You're watching this on YouTube right now. Give us a thumbs up, you know, subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Uh, same with Facebook or on the on the the podcast, follow us on and, um, and, uh, you know, leave a rate and review if you could as well. That really, really, really helps. And, and the way it helps is that, you know, when uh, it just boosts us in the algorithm and when people are typing things into their favorite search engine and looking for answers to questions about life and God and, and things like that, um, we're able to provide them with Christ-centered, gospel-centered answers to their questions. And um, so we were finding ourselves this week in Second Corinthians chapter 5. And one of the verses we wanted to kind of cover that Paul talks about there in verse 10, he goes, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And on Sunday, you, you talked about there's two judgments, two judgments. We have the white throne judgment, which is kind of, you know, that is the separating of the, the, the goats and the sheep and who's covered in the righteousness of Christ, who his name is written in the book of life. And that's just based on solely on whether you believe on the name of Jesus and, you know, you know, his shed blood for us. That's just the gospel. And then, of course, the second judgment, which is what Paul is talking about here is what they would call the Bema Seat Judgment. And you've kind of explained both of those. Maybe you wanted to you just give a brief a synopsis of what you talked about on Sunday. But we just want to talk about this particular judgment because it seems to be a judgment of merit as if we've done things in this life. Is this a way, you know, are we gaining brownie points with the Lord or what What kind of judge, what are we being judged on in this particular uh, judgment at the seat? Yeah, so it seemed like, oh, okay, you referenced the separating the goats and the sheep. That, that's talked about by Jesus in Matthew chapter 25. He says that that's what will happen on Judgment Day. But once those groups are separated, then what happens to them? Well, we're told that the goats, if you will, those who are, who are, not, um, 
who have not been redeemed by Jesus through faith in him, they will face what is called the white throne judgment. And we read about that in detail in Revelation chapter 20, where it says that the book of life will be opened and they will be judged according to their deeds. And what that's about, it's really about sentencing for sin, right? So these, this is the judgment of the condemned. And, um, and then this is separate. So that's the one group. Then we have the other group, those who are sheep, if you will. They belong, they belong to the flock of God. And that is those who are amongst the redeemed, right? Those who have, by faith in Jesus, been saved. Now, those people will also give an account for the things they've done in the body. Um, but that will not be a judgment to condemnation, right? It won't be a, are you in or out of heaven? You're in heaven. It's just a matter of like, what will your reward be in heaven? And, and that's that sense of judgment, right? And so um, we, now here's the interesting thing. We can read about this in many places in the New Testament. Um, and so it's not just like a concept that we're just making up based on this one verse. I mean, this is a concept that we read about um, in many places in the New Testament. And by the way, do you hear that noise? Yeah, we're still under construction. We're under construction. So you might be getting yeah, some, be some all noise kinds of weird in the background. Noises. But just that's a noise of, of joy and excitement because we're making more room for more people to be discipled. So, okay. Um, one place where we read about rewards is in Matthew chapter 6, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Remember the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' most famous sermon, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. In chapter 6, let me just read you a couple verses from there. Jesus talks about, um, about three to four things which people often do in order to receive a reward either from people or from God, right? So the first one he talks about uh, practicing righteousness. And he says there, beware of practicing righteousness before other people, because if you do that to be seen by them, you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Then he gives an example. If you give to the needy, right? And you just like sound it abroad. Hey, I just want you to know, I just gave this much money to the needy. He says, look, you've just received your reward. You've just been patted on the back and commended by everybody. He says, but that will be your reward, right? You got it here on earth rather than getting it here on heaven, rather than just doing it for that person as unto the Lord and letting your father who sees in secret uh, see those things and reward you in heaven. So Jesus talks about that in regard to acts of righteousness, giving to the poor. He talks about it in regard to prayer. And then he talks about it again in regard to fasting, right? So he says the, these things that really should be kind of like private between you and God. Sometimes when people try and like use them as ways to boast or like, hey, show off or something, mm -hmm. he says, you know what? Uh, you can't, you can't do that and then also expect a reward from God. So he talks about that because, and that, that gets to an issue of motive. Are mm -hmm. you doing it purely to serve that person to serve God? Or are you doing it from a motive of wanting to promote yourself and, and that? And, and that gets to what we read about then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 about reward, which is really important there too. And he says that, um, he says, you know, he's talking about being a master builder mm -hmm. and building on a foundation. He says we have this foundation, which says elsewhere is the prophets, right? We have the foundation of uh, God speaking through the prophets that we stand upon. And then he says, uh, so we've been building on that foundation. And he says, but in the end, all of the building that we've been done, doing, right? So in other words, the things we've been putting our hands to, to build the kingdom of God, to build up 
up the people of God, to build the church of God, that will all be tested as by fire. So you can imagine if, if all of your good works, the things you've done for God, if you will, they're all going to be kind of like in a big pile. And then if you could imagine that that, that pile gets tested, just imagine mm -hmm. like a flamethrower coming through, right? Yeah. Well, think about it. He says, whatever is wood, hay, and stubble, perishable things that don't last for eternity, those things will all be burned up. But what is um, precious stones, gems, those gold, right? Silver, gold, precious stones. These things will remain. It's a really interesting picture because what he's saying is essentially this. Um, you can do good things with the wrong motives. They're still good things and they can accomplish good things, but you won't be rewarded for them in heaven because you got your reward here on earth. And maybe your motives weren't great, but the things that are really lasting, gold, precious stones, those things will stand the test of the fire, the scrutiny, if you will, of your motivations. And those are the things which remain. And he says there, those, it's in verse 14 of chapter 3, he says, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. So all that to say, our motivations for the things that we've done will be tested. That's what this Bema Seed is about. And whatever stands that test will be the basis upon which we're rewarded. Now, then we read about in the book of Revelation, but, but not just there. We read about in 1 Corinthians, we read about 1 Thessalonians, we read about in... Um, James chapter one, we read about those who endure, for example, will receive the crown of life. And so then we read about this. There's about five different crowns, give or take. And those crowns refer to rewards that will be given in heaven to those who do certain things. There's a crown of joy, a crown of righteousness, a crown of life. And very interestingly, then in Revelation, we read about the elders around mm -hmm. the throne. We get that picture, that preview of what's happening in heaven uh, in, the, in those times to come. And we see these uh, people laying down their, their crowns before Jesus as an act of humility, honoring Jesus and worshiping Jesus. And so it all kind of comes full circle. It's Jesus gives you a reward and you, you lay it down at his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it reminded me of that song by Chris Tomlin, We Fall Down, We Lay Our Crowns at the Feet of Jesus. And the next line goes, The greatness of mercy and love at the feet of Jesus. And just that very thing that it's because of the mercy and love of God that we're in this position, you know, that we have the crown of life, the crown of joy, the, you know, the crown of righteousness. And we then give that back to the Lord just because he as it says he says right there in verse 11 you know from Revelation 4 it says worthy are you O Lord uh, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will will they exist and they were created and so just recognizing the greatness of God and that it's all because of his grace and his mercy yeah and, th and this gets to an interesting question this idea of reward which is that will everybody experience heaven in the same way right um, or will, you know, some people will have, you know, just some uh, not as great experience of heaven as other people. I would say this certainly, I think that it is saying that there will be a difference in experience for mm. different people based on what they did in this life. And I think that makes sense. I think it's also, it, I think it does strike me as, as having a sense of fairness, if you will, or justice. But I would say this, like the uh, person on the lowest rung, if you mm. will, or the person with the least reward is maybe a more biblical way to put it. Heaven will still be heaven, right? Exactly, it's still yeah. going to be 
amazing, better than anything you can ever imagine. And, um, you know, it's an interesting thing. People are like, oh, does that mean I'm going to live in a shack while <laughs> you live in a mansion? You know, that whole idea of like living in mansions. I mentioned this on Sunday and I think this is something I, I heard you say this before and you always emphasize this. What makes heaven heaven is that God is there. Right. That's the point. It's not. And, and I think this is an important point to make. We talk about pearly gates, whatever, streets of gold. Okay, streets of gold. Do you realize what that means? It doesn't mean, wow, look how opulent it is there. Quite the opposite. This is like the opposite. This is the upside down values of the kingdom of God. We're here on earth. We go to war over gold. Well, in the future, gold will be like asphalt under your feet. Nobody's going out in the parking lot and being like, oh my gosh, look at all this asphalt. I got to figure out a way to collect all this stuff so I can be the one with the most asphalt. You can invest in that asphalt. Right, (laughs) right. That's what gold will be like. It's the stuff that you walk on because you don't care about it anymore. And that's the point. And and in the same way, mansions, do you know that that idea of mansions, it's found in, for example, the King James and New King James translations of John chapter one or chapter 14, where Jesus says, if I go away, which I, I read this verse on Sunday, if I go away, I will prepare for you a dwelling place. Well, that, that word there in Greek literally just means a dwelling place or it could be home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean an opulent home. It doesn't mean it will be a mansion. Now, knowing the character of God, probably it will be a very <laughs> nice home, right? But the point yeah. isn't, um, you know, I can't wait to live in a giant mansion when I get mm-hmm. to heaven. Um I think that if you do that, you're just kind of missing the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like when, when people get a little too worried about like whether their cat will be in heaven, I'm like, I don't know if your cat will be in heaven, but I guarantee that heaven's going to be, <laughs> I don't think you're going to be up there. Let's say if your cat yeah. doesn't make it, right? Yeah. I don't think you're going to be like not experiencing heaven because of that. Because the point is that God is there, right? Like the point is not that we have golden mansions. The point is that we, we get to be in this new heavens and new earth where everything is right. Yeah, and that was very much what Paul was getting at in those first 11 verses, you know. Uh, you know, that that is our hope to, to one day, the hope of eternity, what it's going to be there. And we ended our service with that. You know that beautiful hymn, "Blessed Assurance," and that was that was Fanny Crosby wrote that. That was her hope. She's blind, but yet she she said the first face I'm going to see is my the face of my Savior. You know that was her hope as she wrote those those words. And uh, just yeah, I just it reminded me of a funny story about somebody I knew who really took this idea of um, your treasure in heaven very seriously when I first went on the mission field, and I got to a point where uh, there was a point that I. I wasn't getting enough support and this particular person kind of stepped up and provided that support. And I kind of like announced to some people that they had really helped me get this and you know and they were so upset. They were so upset because I like now I'm going to lose my reward in heaven. Like there was they took that seriously like they wanted to be kept quiet. They wanted to be kept silent because they were like I am I am, you know, putting my rewards, you know, what did they say I'm treasuring up you know, in, in heaven, I want any rewards here. And I don't want any accolades. I want any boasting. And they really took it seriously. And they really took me to town. Like, why yes. did you tell anyone? Why did you tell now? You know? Well, if I could speak <laughs> to that person, if you're watching, <laughs> I will tell you this. Uh, I think that's kind of the point is that the motivation is what is going exactly. to be examined. Yeah. So if Mike blew it for you, I think you still get your yeah, reward, reward yeah. because your intent wasn't 
to do it so that Mike would yeah. I, I, yeah, it was, if it's at all, I will lose a crown. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that. But it, the 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 point is, you know, it it's it does not going to matter really. The, the fact is, we're going to be in the presence of the Lord for eternity, and all that that's going to entail. And we don't even know. If this is, you know, as the Bible says, it's but a shadow. And Paul makes that perfectly clear to the Corinthians. It's but a shadow of the things to come. A shadow. It's, and so it's very exciting for that. So we we look forward to seeing you again. Whitefieldschurch.com. If you miss any of this sermon. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.